G'day and welcome to Occupied. My name is Brock Cook and this is your fortnightly, usually, podcast about occupation and occupational therapy. Today, however, I'm going to throw out a bit of a bonus episode for you lovely people uh, based on some stuff that's been happening uh, on the interwebs. So today I wanted to have a chat about how OTs actually talk about and explain OT to the general public and some of the fears, however misconstrued they may be, that OTs have around that. So hopefully this episode is useful as usual. Feel free to throw me any feedback via my email or you can access all of my contact details via brockcook.com. Please enjoy. So I wanted to tell you a little story and have a chat about OTs talking about OT and promoting it to other people. This is something that I've been talking about a lot recently on Instagram Lives and on recent episodes of the podcast. And it's something I've kind of been sort of nutting out as I go along. Um, Exactly sort of what would be the best way to do it, that kind of thing. And one of the the things that I talked about with Gail Whiteford in, in the episode with her, she brought up the fact that OTs are really, really, really good at telling other OTs how amazing we are. And, and one of her suggestions was that she would prefer to see us going to things like World Disability Day or World Autism Day or promoting ourselves at these uh, celebrations of the people that we work with and then highlighting the things, the services, the, the, the concepts that we bring to that space as opposed to having a World OT Day where we promote OT to other OTs. So the the promotion of the profession outside of the profession is something that I've been putting a lot of thought into recently. And sitting on my couch the other day, I knocked up these couple of little graphics that I was planning to post on the Occupied Instagram. And they were simply for people that may not understand or may not have a good... uh, uh, Some of the feedback I get is that people just don't know how to actually describe it. It's always conversations about, well, how do you describe it? How do I describe it? Blah, blah, blah. People aren't comfortable in actually talking about it. So I'm like, you know, I will knock up a couple of little graphics explaining how I describe it. And, you know, if people feel that they like it or that it might work for them, then they can use it. So the three little graphics that I came up with went as follows. So when occupational therapists use the word occupation, we are talking about the things that people do to occupy their time, not necessarily about employment. We are experts in occupation. OTs study everything to do with why and how people engage in these things and they want and need uh, things that they want and need to do. This allows us to help when injury or illness becomes or gets in the way of engaging in these occupations. If there's something in your life stopping you from occupying your time with the things you want, need or expected to do, check in with your local occupational therapist little bit of a, a profession plug there. 
But that's, that's, that's essentially what I put out. And I put that out on my Instagram story. And, you know, just as a bit of... I literally knocked it up while I was watching TV. That's, that's a definition or that's a description that I have used for quite a while now. That's, you know, about as basic as I can work out how to get the complexities of the profession across. And I understand that it's not all-encompassing. And I understand, oh my God, shock horror... There's no practice examples in that. But what I've found in my experience is if people understand how OTs conceptualize occupation, they understand the profession. doesn't matter what uh, practice area you're in, as long as you're doing it right. So I've had people, when I've given them a description like that, have gone, oh, okay, so, because I work in mental health, so you help people with blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. It's not the modalities that we do that confuse people. It's how we conceptualize occupation. So if we can do something really, really basic like that and get that idea across to them, everything else falls into place. Anyway, I digress. So I put out these three graphics on Instagram had a few people like, yeah, that's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, uh, you can't really share. <laughs> it's difficult to share off Instagram unless you're going to screenshot it. A few people did, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's so super stoked and like shared their, their share. Um, but I'm like, I'll put it on Facebook. That way, if people want to, they can download it and do whatever they want with it. It doesn't face me. Anyway, so I put it out on Facebook. Shared it into some of the usual groups that I would normally share the, the podcast so that people are like, hey, all I wrote was, you know, I've talked about promoting the profession outside of the profession recently. Posted these simple series on my Instagram story, but thought I'll share them here. People can use them. Um, hopefully you can get someone or at least use them to start the conversation with someone outside of the profession in order to explain to them what we do, who we are, and what we do. My big thing, obviously, it's OT month in the States. Um, in Australia, we have an OT week later on in October, but in the in the States, it's, it's big at the moment, the whole promoting OT. And my challenge to a lot of my listeners was, you need to get someone, one person, the whole month, just one person, to understand what OT does that has no idea at the moment. Just one. Anyway, I shared these and it went absolutely viral. For my standards anyway. Probably not for like, you know, Kardashian standards, but it went viral from my standards. At present, it's been it's been up there for two and a half days and it has been it has reached Seventy and a half thousand people. It's been shared over a thousand times. And that alone, besides my phone just blowing up with notifications constantly 24-7, that's told me a fair bit. And analyzing that with my extreme confirmation bias, <laughs> I've decided that that means that this is the kind of stuff that people are worried about. So it's not necessarily that we're, you know, just not putting in the work and putting in the effort. It's that we don't actually know what to say. 
Because when someone hands you a really basic, here's a really easy way to describe it. Here's an easy way to get that conversation started. People run with it, which is amazing. And they have, which is fantastic. And I really, really do hope that for some of those people that shared it, it starts a conversation. I know it has started a conversation with a couple of people that I know when I shared it uh, and enabled me to explain what we do in practice areas, but without actually using practice examples. So, and that's that to me is the ultimate in understanding. If people understand how we utilize occupation, they're able to apply that concept to any of the practice areas we work. It makes sense. So, I wanted to have a look at uh, elevator talks. People call them elevator talks. the The basic concept is you. It's a little speech that you might have pre prepared for that 30-second period or so when, say, in the example, someone gets into an elevator and goes, hey, what do you do? Um, so you've got pretty much until the elevator stops to get that speech out and explain what you do. Um, I think in the past, and one of my pet peeves, has always been people that utilize practice examples because I don't feel that encompasses or I don't feel like gives even a, a remotely accurate example of what an OT is so I can say yeah yeah I um I uh, run life skills I, I teach people life skills and support them in the community to manage their 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 symptoms okay sweet so what is how does that happen how do they what does that person then think when they go to a peds OT for their child Oh, okay, so you're going to teach them life skills and support them in the community. No. No. Or what about when they, they, their, their elderly parents are in a nursing home and they're being assessed for an aged care package? Completely different again. So that's the, the danger I see with using practice examples is it's not overly transferable. We are, in, in terms of modalities... We are an extremely versatile profession. We work everywhere and we work with everyone on terms of demographics. So we're not doing exactly the same thing with everyone, and nor should we, because you know people are different. Everyone's different. But the core concepts and the core beliefs and the core underpinnings of the profession are the same. If they weren't, we wouldn't be a cohesive profession. So this underlying use of occupation should cross all practice areas. And if it's not, then you're not an OT or you're not practicing as an OT. Harsh? That's how it is. <laughs> as blunt as possible, as I tend to be sometimes. But that's how it is. I, I don't... It's always amazed me, I guess when people say, oh, I don't know how to talk about it. Because for the majority of us, we talk for a living. We need to be able to talk to our clients. We need to be able to talk to stakeholders. We need to be able to talk to our own teams. We need to be able to negotiate and have high-level and difficult conversations, yet we can't talk about our own profession with other people. And that's always really confused me up until sort of recently. Now I don't think it's that we can't do the 
talking, I think, is that we just don't know what to say or how to explain it. I think, and in my experience and in my heavily confirmation-biased analysis of the recent situation on uh, with the this quote, I feel like breaking the profession down and teaching the core concept of occupation it may well be the best way that we can go about that as a profession. We know, I have had some feedback, very little actually, very little negative feedback anyway about um, the, the, the quotes that I put out there. Granted, like I said at the start, they're far from completely comprehensive. What I was trying to do is essentially get the absolute bare, minimal, the essence of occupation. Just get that bare minimal out there. And I'm not trying to Here's the whole. Prof- if I could summarize the whole profession in three Instagram story slides, the profession is in trouble. All I'm using that for is a conversation starter, and I, I do believe that that yeah, I did that successfully. But one one of the feedback was from a, a guy who reckoned that the idea of of occupy the time. He was allergic to it. I'm not still... I asked for feedback. I asked for clarification. I'm still not sure exactly what he meant. Someone gave the feedback that they thought that the definition was very scientific and lacked uh, or was ignoring some of the, the creative or the art side of occupational therapy granted the or given the i guess there all all out on the table it was a creative arts for ot facebook page that gave this feedback but their example was the art and science of occupational therapy which is fine and i do agree that there is an art and a science to occupational therapy but that doesn't mean that they're mutually exclusive categories I do believe that the art of occupational therapy is also rooted in science. So I don't think we need to expand what we do. Essentially, we want to keep this as short as we can because the more we expand on it and the more we try and be all-inclusive and uh, cover every single aspect of our massively broad profession the more confusing it gets and the less chance you've got of anyone actually taking it on board. I could probably even cut some of this this one out and make it real simple and just talk about occupation being an occupation of time. Or the one thing mine probably didn't do was talk about doing. But I I chose instead to use the word occupy or an occupation of time. Uh, I believe that utilizing the the language that we use, so and kind of like exposure, exposure to the word occupation in the context that occupational therapists use it, is going to be a really valuable uh, tool in helping people understand what we, how we think, and what we do. So yes, one of the feedback was that it doesn't really go into talking about doing. But it kind of does, it just doesn't use the word. And I've done that very deliberately because I think 
there are people that believe that one of our big bugbears in the profession is uh, the using a, a language that is already standardized across most of society and we're using it in a different way, which has some merit, but I think that's a societal thing more than a profession thing. Even if you look up the definition of occupation, yes, the first one is a job or a profession. But the second definition is about occupation of like being occupied. So it's looking at a period of occupancy, um, being occupied, etc. It it's in the dictionary. And yes, we for whatever reason have tended to in 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 Western society anyway described our being employed as being an, an occupation that doesn't mean that OTs have invented this definition and it's come out of nowhere like I said when you explain how we look at occupation the rest of the profession makes sense to most people so I get the feeling that a lot of people sort of are under this impression that we've just invented this when it it's in the dictionary. So and it makes it I'm not telling people that, you know, jambalaya is a fruit. Like I'm not trying to explain to them something that is completely foreign and ridiculous. I'm simply almost just reminding them that that word has multiple meanings it can mean other things other than just your job and that's all i'm doing i think the other part of this exercise in in actually coming up with uh, your own elevator speech that is beneficial to the profession is that it's actually a really good reflective exercise for you um it, i i've been thinking about this for for many years and my I guess standardized elevator speech has gone through many iterations. Uh, this is the one that I'm currently using, and no doubt it'll it'll change over time as well. <clears throat> the one thing that and there hasn't been any feedback, but the one thing that probably isn't covered in uh, my particular elevator speech is around the concepts of occupational justice. But I would hope that if I was able to trigger a conversation with someone about occupation uh, and occupational therapy, then that's something that I could explain uh, further. So like I said, I don't think you need to... I think I think a lot of people are trying to encompass everything and if their definition doesn't encompass absolutely everything, then it's not good enough and they throw it out. And that's where people get into that cycle of I can't get a definition to explain everything to do with OT, so then I get frustrated and I can't do it and it's too hard. And I don't think you need to. That's, that's my, take, my big takeaway here is I really don't think you need to. I think what you need to do is give enough base information around occupation to be able to start a conversation if that grabs the person's fancy. If it doesn't, so be it. But I think the giving that really base level information at the start, even if that person takes nothing else away except that and, and goes on their merry way, 
that's more information about the profession and a better understanding about the profession than they had beforehand. If you're able to stimulate a discussion and go into more detail about, you know, other concepts around occupational therapy or your workplace, etc., and how you apply that core uh, that that core idea around occupation, absolute bonus, absolute winning, because that person's now going to have a much better understanding, not only about OT as a whole, but about your practice area. The other benefit I see is that if you start with the core underpinnings, so occupation, how we use it, that people engage in it, etc., and then if you stimulate discussion, then go into where you work and you can give practice examples, that person comes away from that not thinking that the way you do OT is the way OT is. So the next time they meet an OT, they go, oh, yeah, such and such was telling me about, you know, occupation and how it's about occupying time and was like, this is how they do it in theirs. Like, where do you work? How do you do it in your sort of uh, practice area? They're not then under the impression that there's only one way to OT, which is, I think, a really, really valuable lesson for general public. We talk about how diverse the profession is, but then we don't explain that very well. So that concept, without any sort of uh, explanation, is really confusing. I've had people go like, I know OTs or people that are studying OT and they talk about how diverse it is and the variety of places they can work. I just don't get it. So if you start with the common denominator, start with the thing that links us all, then you're going to instill in that person a much better and broader idea of what OT is and what they do. So I would encourage, that's that's my advice. So definitely look at trying to explain the underpinnings, how you do that and the words you use. Uh, completely up to you, whatever you're comfortable with. I, I do think it is still important, even for, at least for like early years, or if you're not very confident in doing it, have something that you've got pre-prepared. I did that for a long time. Um, nowadays, I tend to just make it up on the spot, but it does have very common themes. And like I said, I made that one up that I shared sort of sitting on the couch watching TV. That's just what was in my head. So if you're not confident at speaking, have something pre-prepared. Have a spiel that is just ready to go. You know, aim for that 15 to 30 second mark. And, but then also know that you're able to back that up. So if this person goes, oh, tell me more, that you can, because <laughs> I think that's important as well. If you uh, give your elevator speech and then they go, oh, tell me more, and you're just like, oh, no, sorry, that's all I got, um, then we're in trouble. So do aim to have something pre-prepared. Try and keep it the initial elevator spiel kind of towards the, I guess, the importance of occupation to the profession. Try and keep it broad, not specific to your practice area. Practice areas, I do believe, pigeonhole people's ideas. If they ask specifically, like they may already have an understanding of occupation. If they ask specifically, what do you do in, you know, pediatrics or geriatrics or wherever you work, by all means, go to town. Um, but if they're just asking what OT is, which is probably 99.99% of the time, that's what you're going to be asked. 
then try and give that broad definition. And then if the, it, it, it starts a conversation, then you can go into more detail with regards to it. So yeah, I just wanted to have a quick chat with you guys about that. I hope that helps. I'm happy to uh, have this conversation more or provide any more information, answer any questions, etc. Feel free to hit me up on email. It's just brock.cook at me.com. All of my details, social medias, everything, all at brockcook.com. Uh, you can sign up for our occupied uh, exclusive community in there and you can ask me questions or any of our guests, most of our guests, questions in that group. Uh, there'll be shared resources and all sorts of stuff in there, including some more resources that I'm planning on making around this uh, to try and help and support therapists in actually getting this information out to the people that need it. So I'm going to make those available in the occupied community so yeah brockhook.com sign up for that uh you can join that group other than that guys have an awesome week and i will talk to you very soon Bye.